destination, and it just seems like no time passed, and you just got to the destination, and you're like, um, what just happened? Anybody been there before? Now, I'm not asking if you're intoxicated during that time. That's between you and God. Mm-hmm. But there's this weird thing that happens with our, our sight and our, our psyche when we go places, and just our mind is in other places, and we just, just like that, go to destination, and we don't even know what happened. Now, during that seems to be lapse of time, did reality stop during that time? No, it did not. You passed cars, you might have hit a pedestrian, or whatever might have happened. Life still continued to go on, even though your mind and even your eyes were blinded to the things of reality that was going on. I mean, I am like one of the best um, drivers of the world. If you ever drive with me, you'll be completely safe. Um, But there's one thing, and that was actually a joke. Don't drive with me, all right? (laughs) I think I need to take an extra life insurance policy just on my driving. Um, But if I'm driving to a place in my truck, there's a thing that I guess is called a blind spot. I didn't realize I was blind, but... Um, there seems to be a lot of honking to my left everywhere that I drive because I turn on my blinker like I guess I'm supposed to and I'm turning over and all of a sudden people just start honking at me and giving me a, a wave with a finger that just appears out of nowhere. And why? Rightfully so, I did not see the person, the driver in my blind spot Why? Because I was not necessarily looking. Same thing applies spiritually. Ladies and gentlemen, reality continues to go on in the spiritual realm. Here's the deal. Jesus is still resurrected from the dead, even if you might be blinded to this truth. And the blinded of this truth is is something that is alarming. Because I, I just want you to know, here's the, here's the sermon in a nutshell, and you can go home and be the Baptist to, to McDonald's afterwards. It's simply this. Jesus is alive. The evil one, the devil, is going to try to do everything in his power to blind you from this amazing truth. But when the blinders come off and you get to see the glory of God through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, life changes. You get to see and experience and to know that you have passed from death into life. And this is my prayer for you and my prayer for me, that as we leave this place today, that no matter what church hurt that you've had, what sorrow that you've had, no matter what religious background you've had or whatever it might be, or doubt or frustration, that you leave this place aware that Jesus is alive. And if you know this truth, and this truth will set you free, may you walk in this freedom with your blinders off. But I do know the following. I'm not naive as a pastor to know that you've heard the story about the resurrection every Sunday that you've come to Easter services because it's called Resurrection Sunday. We're going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus. If you come to Catalyst Church, we're going to continue to tell you about the resurrection of Jesus. I'm not naive to know that no matter what 
background, whether you're atheist or Catholic or Baptist or whatever, you've, you're in America. You've heard about Jesus. We're blasting it. Christians are blasting it all over Facebook. And many of you who might not believe are like, it's like politics. It's like, I can't wait till Easter's over, then they can go back and posting pictures about cats and dogs and stuff like that, which cats are terrible, so delete cats at their, their table. But may it be said of you and I as believers that even after today, our blinders can come off realizing that Jesus is worthy to be worshipped. Why? Because he's alive. He's well. And he's coming back as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So I'm just going to lay all my cards on the table. It's simply this. Jesus is coming back because he rose from the dead. He's offering you eternal life in him. Please don't be blinded anymore to this truth. You're like, okay, all right. But who is blinding me? I mean, I don't have blinders on my own face. Um, Who is blinding me? Well, Scripture, Bible, talks about this. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, it says, In their case, the God, little g God, of the where? Okay, so there is God, a big G God, creator, sustainer of all, and there's little G God, the devil, Lucifer, Satan, and he is reigning as, as an authority over evil, and watch this, he's doing everything he can to blind the minds of the who? Unbelievers. Why? To keep them from seeing, there's an important word, seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of of God, who is in the image, God. So what is this glory that this is talking about? What is this glory of God? The glory of God is revealed in Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead. Literally, Jesus conquered sin. I mean, can, I, mean I don't know about you. Can you conquer sin by yourself? All right, have you lied this week? Raise your hand. All right, if you did not raise your hand, you're probably lying, so yes, you did. All right, so, all right, so long story short, we, we all struggle with sin. We can't even conquer lying. But Jesus, on the death, on the cross, conquered sin because he was perfect. But not only conquered sin, but he conquered death. Why? Because he desires to have a relationship with you, his creation. Let's pause and look at something freaky. That's freaky. This mannequin head um, is dead. I mean, it's, it's like useless. I mean, other than to use the illustration and to put glasses on this thing, I don't even know what. It doesn't even have ears. And I've got big ears, so it's kind of like weird to me. It's like, ooh, that would be nice. Okay, so... <laughs> But this is kind of freaky. I mean, if you literally think about it, why is this freaky? Because it's, it's, it's a dead object. Scripture says that in our sin, we are dead in our trespasses and sin. Dead. In other words, there's no life in us. There's no eternal life. So in our sins, we're dead, resulting in when we die physically, we're going to die spiritually. And my, my encouragement to you my encouragement to you is please understand that in this current state of being, as a non-believer, you're dead in your sin. And you're like, 
I thought that Easter was supposed to be hopeful, um, and you're like calling me dead? Yes. Why? Because I want you to have eternal what? Life. Life. Talk about freaky. How freaky would this be if this started to blink at you right now? I mean, just like think about this. I mean, if you're on some drugs right now, maybe it's already blinking at you. I don't know. All right. So, all right. But it's, it's kind of freaky. Why would it be freaky? Because you know that this can't blink. You know that this can't hear. You know that this can't smell the pollen that's in the air. You know that this is dead. But this thing, if it could think, doesn't think it's dead. Why? Because it thinks it's alive. And that's the evil one's attempt to you in this room right now to say, you're actually alive. You're a good person. If you're good outweighs, you're bad and all those things. So I'm going I'm to beg you, recognize where the Bible says that you are. You are dead in your trespasses and sin, but you can be made alive today because Jesus conquered sin and what? Death. So today I'm going to share with you a little bit of the resurrection story, of course, but maybe some doubts that you guys have, some concerns that you have, some things that have been holding on to you. And I pray that today you will let God take those blinders off. So let me read a little bit of this. Luke chapter 24, 1 through 8, and it says this. But on the first week, on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went, so this they means a bunch of ladies went out together, um, went out um, to the tomb, taking the spices that they were prepared. They were preparing to honor Jesus' body as it was rotting and decaying. And they found the stone what? They found the stone what? So there was a stone in front of the burial site that was there protecting people from taking Jesus' body, but it was rolled away. But then when they went, they did not find the body of Jesus. And while they were perplexed, of course they were perplexed, they saw two men in apparel, dazzling apparel. And as they, as they were frightened, they, um, and as they were frightened and bowed their head unto the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the what? Living, talk about Jesus, among this dead area, among the dead. He is what? Not here. He is not dead. He is alive. Watch this. They continued, remember how he told you that while he, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day, what? Rise. And they remember the words and returned from the tomb. They went out and told the eleven. So I just, I mean, just to me, this is fascinating. Jesus, born of a baby, born as a baby, 30 plus years, sinless life, died for the forgiveness of your sins and my sins. And he said that he was going to do it, and he rose from the dead, and he actually pulled it off. I mean, I mean, just like think about that. It's the basis of the resurrection. Jesus said historically that he would raise from the dead, and he did. 
isn't that even something to consider? That maybe Jesus was God and he's bigger and mightier and more holy than you and I. So in this place, I'm asking you, remove the blinders. Jesus Christ has conquered sin and death like he said. This should cause us to not doubt, but to believe. Okay, like I said, I'm not naive to, to know that there are some things that are, that's holding you back from, from believing. Right, so Jesus proclaimed that he was going to come, die, rose again. And you're like, yeah, but where's the truth in, in that? Did it really happen? You're, you're a skeptic. And, and I, I understand. I'd rather take a skeptic in this room that does the research to prove that Jesus' resurrection came true than one who just believes any willy-nilly pastor or person that, that is out there. Why? Because when you do, you will see that there's truth. But there's some physical, emotional things that kind of weigh on us when it comes to it. So we know that we're dead in our trespasses and sin, but one thing that blinds us from seeing the resurrection of Jesus and his glory, that still looks kind of freaky. All right, so is our grief. Is our grief. Maybe you're in this room right now and you are not saved. You don't believe in Jesus Christ. You're dead um, in your sin, as we talked about, because the blinders that the evil one has put, put on your face is the emotional grief of maybe your past, maybe a loved one that God took away too quickly, or maybe it's the grief that you have a physical ailment, or it's like, why doesn't God heal this person or didn't heal this person? You're holding on to this, this pain, this grief. And, and I'm here to tell you, that's legit. Your pain is your pain, and I'm telling you, the evil one is using it to his advantage to blind you from the glory of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's a human condition. It's a human pain that we have. Before I read this scripture, I, I, I've had that same pain. I don't cry um, other than American Home Makeover when they reveal the, the house. I cry during that. Okay, sorry. But, but I don't cry. I just, I just don't. So if, if I cry, I mean, get me a tissue because I don't just cry. I like, I weep. I'm one of these guys that hold in my crying, and when it comes, ladies and gentlemen, it's just like, whoosh, like snot everywhere, and like, like hyperventilating. They have to do CPR or whatever, but they don't do CPR because there's snot in my face. That type of weeping, okay? You might have heard this story before. If, if you did, oh well. Um, my biological mother at birth died. At birth. So I've never met my biological mother. Um, and to this day, I, I, I wish I could just hold my biological mother. But because of the resurrection of Jesus, one day I will. But right now I miss her. I've never had a loving hug or David go do, your, do the dishes type of conversation from my biological mother. Um, it was like, I was, I was probably like... 32 years old, so I'm a, I was an old person then. So at 32 years old, I went to go visit my grandmother in Memphis, so my biological mother's mom. 
still alive. Like, she's like 952 years old, it might seem. But be praying for her. She's losing her memory. But back when I was about 32 years, went to Memphis, visited her, just Rachel and I. I don't remember if we were living in Florida or here, but we were traveling back from, from Memphis, and my grandmother um, had this really neat idea. She handed me like four or five cassette tapes. By the way, teenagers' cassette tapes are these things that you put in there with like winding tapes and everything. You got it? So you with me? Cassette tape. Got it? Just want to make sure you're connecting with us. All right? This was before the internet or whatever. Okay, so, all right. so she gave me like three or four cassette tapes. And back there, my man van had a tape deck um, thing. So, so we're driving through Memphis had a good, good meal, whatever. And then I had this incredible moment. We're in the middle of Nashville. Anybody love driving Nashville, by the way? If you like driving Nashville, you could got to take me because I hate Nashville traffic. Long story short, in the middle of Nashville, I had the moment where, oh, I have the tape deck. I have some tapes. I might as well throw in the tape deck so that I could hear my mother's voice for the first time. Five minutes later on, I was weeping in the middle of traffic, and my wife Rachel was holding on to everything, and she's like, we're going to die. <laughs> now again, snot down the face, could not see, blinded by my grief, didn't care about anything else other than I was grieving over, I missed my mom that I had never met. Pulled over on the side of this um, road, got my composure after seven hours, and just like, like, I stopped weeping. I had to turn off the tape. Why? Because there's something inside of me that blinded me from anything else that was going on. And I'm here to tell you, that might be you in the middle of your disbelief in the resurrection of Jesus. You have allowed your pain and your grieving to blind you from this beautiful truth. And the beautiful truth is to all who would believe in Jesus as Christ, death, burial, and resurrection will have eternal life. And one day you will see them again if you're in Christ. And they're in Christ. And that's my prayer for you and for me. There's a passage here that talks about some other grieving ladies. In John chapter 20, 11 through 16, it says, And Mary stood. This is right after the, the death of Jesus. We were, they were about to go and take care of Jesus' body. And Mary stood. What's the next word? Weeping. This is the wailing. This is like snot down the face type of, um, of weeping. Outside the tomb. And she stood and wept, wailing. She stooped and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been laid, one of the head, one of the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Why, why are you crying like that? She said to them, pause. I mean, just think, think how she is so distraught that she sees these dazzling angels and she's talking to angels. 
But just think about even just that. She's blinded by that. And here's a supernatural thing going on. And I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, because of your grieving, you are missing some supernatural things that God is doing around you because you're, you're stuck in your grief. And rightfully so, but please remove the blinders so that you can see the supernatural around you. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said, they have taken away my Lord. They have taken away Jesus. And I do not know where they have laid him. Laid him. Having said this, she turned around. She's walking away from the tomb. And she, she turns and sees who? She sees Jesus. And she didn't be like, oh, Jesus, you resurrected from the dead. She's still weeping. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are, why are you weeping? And then she supposed that he was the gardener, said to him, Sir, where have, you, where have you carried him? Tell me so that where you've laid him so I can take him away. And Jesus said to her, listen closely. She said her name, Mary. She said, Mary. At that moment, she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Maybe today, in the middle of your grief, you're going to hear Jesus say your name. I don't know how in your grief God's going to remove the blinders today, but maybe there's a still small voice in you that just says, what he's saying is true, David. What he's saying is true, Crystal. What he's saying is true. Please hear the voice of Jesus who is alive and well, who knows your name. Not only does he know your name, ladies and gentlemen, he knows everything that you've done, past, present, future, since, and he, he died for you no matter what you've done. He knows you. But maybe your grief has caused you to be apathetic, angry at God, angry at people, and just flat out rejecting Jesus may be said of you that you know that he gets it. Not only does he get it, not only does God get it, but he's close to you right now. Psalm 34, verse 18 says, the Lord is close to who? Brokenhearted. Those who are weeping inside, outside, and saves those with a crushed spirit. You might not know this, but God has been with you in the middle of all your grief because he's close to you. He cares for you. He loves you. He's not a ghost. No, he's living and alive and well. And Jesus himself said that I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die physically, they live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And this is what the, what's called the living hope. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in Christ, not only will you be able to see Jesus and be with God forever, that's, that's the cherry on the top. You'll be with your friends, your family that have lost their life. Only those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus says, come to me. All you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, my teaching upon you, and learn from me. He said, I'm gentle and humble at heart, and you'll find rest for your what? Soul. Ladies and gentlemen, today is about a soul. 
Don't get me wrong, you're blinding and you're hurt um, and you're grieving, that's legit. This is not a session dealing with your grief. I mean, it's just not. It's grieving of your soul is what we're here to talk about the most. But the evil one uses the grieving of your physical well-being to hide the reality of the glory of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. My sheep hear my voice and know me, he says. They follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. And my prayer for you, again, is in the middle of your grief, hear your name by Jesus. Another doubt that you might have um, that blinds you, not only in your grief, but in your doubt, and just, just general blindness of doubt. Maybe you're an intellectual person, or maybe you're not, and you just said, forget it all. This resurrection from the dead, it just seems like a fairy tale. This resurrection of the dead, it's just like, I, I'm, I can't believe that, that you're worshiping and singing all these songs and reading a Bible about all these like, people that have wrote it and this. And it's just, just none of this makes sense. None of this makes sense. You just doubt. And I'm here to tell you, you can doubt, but your doubt doesn't mean the truth is not the truth. But I understand you might doubt. So maybe these conversations in the next few minutes will encourage you in the middle of your doubt and may God reveal the, uh, remove the blindness of your doubt. And I'm here to tell you, you might leave today and you might believe in the resurrection of Jesus and you still might doubt the things of the Bible, things of how God works. And that is natural. Why? Because God is God and we're not. So Thomas, on John chapter, John chapter 20, now Thomas. And what do we all know Thomas as? <laughs> You've got Peter the Rock. And you got doubting Thomas. Okay, just poor Thomas. Okay, and rightfully so. You'll see here. Now Thomas, one of the 12, one of the inner, inner group um, called the twin, um, was not with Jesus when Jesus came. So Jesus revealed himself before that he resurrected from the dead. And all the disciples were saying, we saw Jesus, we saw the Lord. But he said to them, so he said to his disciples, that said, we saw Jesus, we saw Jesus, we saw Jesus. Kind of like what, what we do every Sunday. Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive. But maybe you are like Thomas, but says, unless I see, unless I experience, unless I see a sign, Unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the marks of his, the mark of the nails, and place his hand into the side, I will never believe. First, just like, I will never believe. Just, Thomas is psycho. I mean, think about it. I'll never believe unless I put my hand into his side and touch his organs. I will never believe unless I just put my pinky finger into the holes of his wrist and his feet. It's just kind of psycho, right? It's like, it's like he is trying to call the bluff and say, unless I see and play with his body part stuff, I will not believe. It's just, it just like Thomas is trying to push it off. Why? Because he's still grieving. And in his grief, he's caused some disbelief even with inside the disciples. Eight days later on, the disciples were again 
are are inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were what? Locked. So the disciples were hiding out, locking all the doors, and they didn't want the Romans to come in or the Jewish leaders to come in, so everything's locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace with you. I don't know about you, but this, this might have been uh, cool. I would wish we'd have videotapes back then. This is all of a sudden, they're eating their soup and their lasagna, whatever they're eating. Then all of a sudden, Jesus is like, ta-da! <laughs> and everybody's like, Thomas, did you forget to lock the door? Jesus appeared out of nowhere in his glorified state, alive and well, and he offers Thomas another chance to believe. He's like, peace be with you. He didn't say hi to Peter or John or Matthew. He's like, where's Thomas? You can just imagine all the disciples. He's right here. (laughs) He's right here. I want to see him touch your inside body parts. That's just like the mindset. But watch this. Put your finger here, Jesus says, and see my hands and Put your fingers here. Do not believe, do not disbelieve, but what? Jesus is like, believe. And Thomas, notice, Thomas didn't touch the inside of Jesus. He just said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, you, Thomas, have believed because you've seen me. Or have you seen me? Look at me, Catalyst. Look at me, please. This Next sentence is for you who would believe. Have you seen, because you see me, blessed are those who have not, what? Seen and yet believe. For those of us who have faith, and to the skeptics, you're like, but faith, that's for the cowards. And I'm here to tell you, I have more faith, and you might not, and I'm here to tell you, my faith saves me in Jesus Christ, and I'm blessed because of it, because I am not dead, I am alive in Christ Jesus, and I can stand assured that I don't have all the answers, but I know who does. And he's not a dead God that I follow, he's alive and well. So may it be said of you and me that if you doubt, it's okay. But don't disbelieve in what you know is true. And what you can know is true, number one, is believe, in, un, believe and not doubt, knowing that there, I, there were eyewitness accounts. Real people who saw the resurrected Jesus, this wasn't just a fabricated thing by the 12. In fact, the 12 saw, but then at the same time, as it says in second, uh, 1 Corinthians, that more than 500 people saw. So they were declaring this writing, declaring this teaching, declaring Jesus rose from the dead, the henchpin of Christianity, and they were shouting out, Jesus is alive. Out of all 500, if this was this conspiracy theory, one of them, out of all five, probably could have been bargained to lie to, to, to the, the governing officials and say, yeah, he's not really dead. We just made it up. Not one. Not one. Why? Because the resurrection changed everything. So if you are a skeptic and you doubt, you can own that. But historically speaking, 500 plus people saw the resurrected Jesus. And at this writing, many of them were still alive. 
Not only that, for all those who believe in Jesus Christ were willing to die for their faith, to die for this belief, but die that Jesus rose from the dead. I don't know about you, but if, if you got put into a chair, just imagine dramatic, put you into a chair, all the spotlights are on you, and then this dark figure comes up and says, do you believe that Jesus resurrected from the dead? Oh, sure, no problem. I'm going to pull out your pinky toe. Well, okay, take my pinky toe, but not my big toe, because big toe I need to use to walk. And I'll take your big toe too. And slowly but surely, your body parts start being cut off. You're bleeding to death. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to save your life if you denounce Jesus. Would that be you? It's easy for us in America to say, yeah, I'll die for my faith. No problem. We've never experienced that. The worst experience that we've ever experienced is probably at work when somebody says, did you go to church? Uh, it's Easter. I went to church. Yes, everybody goes to church Easter. Do you believe in the resurrection of, of Jesus from the dead? Uh, that's the worst that we get. Posting about Jesus on Facebook and people ridicule you, that's our persecution in the United States. May it be said of you and may it be said of me that we truly take this and understand that the faith of these people who saw Jesus' resurrection, they were willing to be eaten by tigers um, and lions and be like hung, burned to death. Why? Because of their faith. Do you think that somebody would deny the existence and bring this conspiracy to light when they were threatened by death and torture. Absolutely, but they believed in the resurrection, they saw the resurrected Jesus, and they said, like Peter says, in Acts chapter 4, 19 through 20, but Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in, your, in, right in the sight of God, um, to listen to you rather than God, you must judge. We cannot stop speaking upon what we have heard. May that be the case for you and to me to have this childlike faith. So, we've got the blinder of, of, of grief. We've got the blinder of just doubt in general. But then we've got the blinder, which I think that this, is, this blinder is probably the worst blinder of it all. The blinder of religion. I'm going to start by saying this. I am deeply sorry for Christians who have hurt you in their religious pride and arrogance. And if that is you, Please accept my apology on their behalf. And if I have done the same thing to you, I'm sorry. I don't know their motives. But if their motives have hurt you in any way, shape, or form, and the devil has used that to blind you from the beauty of the resurrection and the eternal life that Jesus offers, please let this moment be the deepest apology ever. Because of church hurt, because of religious hurt, many people are scouring away from church and Jesus. And for those of you who truly believe in the resurrection of the dead, 
be willing to be bold and not about religious zealousness, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel is this. We are a sinner. Jesus is a savior. And to all who would believe on him will have eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Notice, there's no religious action that goes. There's faith in Jesus. Now, the fruit of this needs to be growing in your relationship with Jesus, reading your Bible, praying in all church, and yes, all, that's all good stuff. But when you get to the bottom of it, many people who have hurt you have thrown in their religion and their morality at you, and you're like, dude, I, just, I still don't even know if I believe in Jesus. And they're bombarding you with hurt. Maybe you've been in church before, gone to church for a while, and you recognize that Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites. Well, from one hypocrite to another, join our hypocritical family. Why? Because we're all sinners. We mess up. But please don't allow these silly Christians that have hurt you to deter you, blind you from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if you do, the evil one has you exactly where he needs you to be. So my prayer for you is that you believe. In the middle of your doubt, in the middle of your hurt, in the middle of your grieving, know this. Jesus is alive. And he's desiring right now to have a personal relationship with you. He's calling you by name. He's like, I understand your grief. I understand your doubt. I understand about the religious hurt. Jesus like, been there, done it. And if he was standing right here, he would say, that all stinks. But let me give you eternal life. Now, if you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I'm here to tell you, life still stinks. Jesus is not a genie in a bottle. You come to know Jesus and you won't hurt anymore. You won't have stupid Christians. You won't have doubt. No, that's not true. You will. But you'll have eternal life in Jesus Christ's love for you. Because Scripture says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of our sin, the penalty of our sin is death, eternal separation from God forever. But God demonstrates his love for each and every one of us that while we were still sinners, God raised him from the dead. Place your faith in him, not religion, in Jesus. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? God, the reality of our hurt is reality. The reality of our grieving and the deception of the evil one is reality. But right now, please call people by name and may they say yes to you, Jesus. Lord, as you know, a prayer does not save you. 
A religious action does not save you. You do. So with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, Lord, please remove the blinders at this moment. If you're in this room or online and you almost know that what was said today is true, but because of your grief, your doubt, your religious hurt, you have put blinders. Right now, remove the blinders and recognize that you are a sinner in needing of a Savior. That Jesus demonstrates his love for you as a sinner and he died in your place by name. And from this truth on the cross, he conquered sin, your sin. He conquered the death of eternal separation from him forever by resurrecting from the dead. If you are in this room and if you say, you know what, it's time to have childlike faith and place your faith in Jesus. A prayer does not save you, but a decoration of her heart that does. In the quietness of this moment, maybe say something like, Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe, even though I don't know all the answers, I believe that you, Jesus, came, died, and rose again to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all of my righteousness. I believe this with all my heart, even though I still grieve, even though I still doubt, even though I'm still hurt by religious people. I just place my faith and trust in you. And thank you for removing the blinders of my hurt so that I can see the glory of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. With everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed and meant that with all of your heart, just pop up your hand so I can praise the Lord with you. Fantastic. Go ahead and put your hands down. Lord, you saw these hands, but more importantly, you see their heart. If they have truly placed their faith and trust in you, I pray that they'll just let somebody know. Whether it's somebody at our crosses down front, or whether it's a connection card, or maybe it's just over lunch or dinner or whatever today, because the declaration that once they were dead in their sins and now alive in you is worthy to be declared to the whole world, and thank you for saving their soul. So Lord, as we leave today, may we sing with all of our heart that truly, with all of our heart, we know and we declare that death was arrested by the power of Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. I pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. let's all stand. Ladies and gentlemen, before Christ, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were lost on going to hell, and you were blinded by the things that we talked about today. But by placing faith and trust in Jesus Christ and allowing him to remove the blinders, your dead is gone, and then you're alive.
And I'm sorry he looks, you look like this, but it's okay, all right? But this is what I want to encourage you with. These are real human emotions. Hear me closely. Even though you were dead in your trespass, but made alive to walk in freedom and in life because death was arrested by Jesus Christ, it's okay to own this. It's okay to wear the grief, but don't let it what? Blind you. It's okay to wear doubt, but don't what? Let it blind you. It's okay to allow religious people to hurt you, and it's going to happen. But don't let it what? 